This is Hemi. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Get your ad-free episodes. Get bonus exclusive episodes. Join our Facebook mm-hmm. and Discord and all that good stuff. And if you are a patron, um, then you should be receiving your sticker if you haven't already by, I don't know, at the end of this week, early next week. I sent them all out uh, yesterday. Yay. So, you'll yay. get your stuff. Enjoy. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it took me a thousand years. All right. So I thought we would start this one with something that just happened uh, yesterday. And that involves New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Mm-hmm. He was speaking at an interfaith breakfast at the Manhattan branch of the New York Public Library. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, these are the sort of things where it's not weird that an elected official would go to an interfaith breakfast. Sure. Like, fine, whatever. I'm not even begrudging him that. Um, but usually, especially for a Democratic uh, mayor, you would expect the Democratic mayor of the largest city in the country, in a blue state no less, mm-hmm. to say something like, look, we welcome all kinds here, whatever you believe or don't believe. Like, you pay everybody some lip service, sure. you leave, everyone says you did a nice It's a job. lip service thing to start with, just right? follow through on that. You don't even have to try. And yet, <laughs> and yet, Eric Adams found a way to screw this up in a couple, like, Major ways that were surprising. Okay. Um. So I'm going to play Major you. Major ways? What is that? Major ways? Major ways like that raised a lot of concerns from people who were listening. Like okay. Eric Adams is a sort of mayor where you're not expecting anything much. Sure, 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 sure. He has a habit of saying all the wrong things and just being generally embarrassing, even oh for a Democrat. But like <laughs> this was, uh, you listen to it. I'm going to play you two clips. Here's yep. the first one. And this is one of the first things he said when he got up on stage. Why don't they behave? We are destroying our next generation. Destroying them. And we say over and over again, we need to build a world that's better for our children. No, we need to build children that's better for our world. Mm. And we have to be honest about that. I don't like that at all. And it means instilling in them some level of faith and belief. <laughs> Ingrid was so right. Don't tell me about no separation of church and state. Uh oh. State is the body, church is the heart. You take the heart out of the body, the body dies. Technically true. I can't, can't argue. You can't separate my belief because I'm an elected official. So, Yikes. first, uh... first, he talked about how kids have to have faith in order to be better children in the world. Yeah. And then he specifically said, don't tell me about no separation of church and state. I can't separate my beliefs because I'm an elected official. First, no one's asking him to separate his personal private beliefs as an elected official. Joe Biden's like famously devoutly Catholic It's irrelevant because, I mean, like or hate his policies, he's not doing them in the name of advancing Catholicism. And that's fine. That's the job. Mm -hmm. That's what you're supposed to do. Eric Adams seems to think that people are telling him never to mention his Christian faith Mm -hmm. or never to bring it up, which no one was telling him he wasn't allowed to do. But then he goes from there to like... He makes a big leap, eh? So there's... Basically, don't tell me about no separation of church and state as if those things, as if that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. As if those are 
two of the same things, mm. and he has to talk about being a Christian because he is a Christian. But that and you anyone won't who criticizes that, man. yeah, anyone who's trying to criticize that mm-hmm. uh, wants him to separate church and state, and he sees that as a bad thing. It's just a wild way, and the totally the wrong interpretation of that entirely. Honestly, the thing that sort of troubled me most is: could you go back to the part where he said, "We don't want to change our world for our kids"? We want what was that? He said, "We don't want to build a better world for our kids. We want to build better, better kids, kids for, for the our world." world which I, fine, rhetorically, no, no, whatever. No, I don't I'm even not, care. But the I idea do. that you need faith in order to make them better, which I'll talk about in just. Well, a I second. mean, I think it's all of a piece. Like we need to train these children into faith because we're not going to fix anything. So, like, <laughs> let's make sure they right. can deal with it. Like, like why none, are you in this office? None of it's great. The problem with saying that kids are going to be better off if they have faith in their life, I mean, that's just, there's no evidence that's true across the board. I've quoted this before, but this is from sociologist Phil Zuckerman. In terms of, like, however you want to define morality, mm-hmm. in terms, um, this is from his book, What It Means to Be Moral, uh, in terms of, I'm sorry, I lied. Uh, he wrote about this in his book, What It Means to Be Moral, but this is from an article he wrote. Mm-hmm. In terms of who supports helping refugees, affordable health care for all, accurate sex education, death with dignity, gay rights, trans rights, animal rights, and as to who opposes militarism, the government use of torture, the death penalty, mm-hmm. corporal punishment, and so on, the correlation remains. The most secular Americans exhibit the most care for the suffering of others, Mm -hmm. while the most religious exhibit the highest levels of indifference. Which is to say, you don't need Hmm. faith to raise good, ethical, moral kids, however you want to define that. Eric Adams doesn't seem to think that's the case. He doesn't think separation of church and state is a thing that we ought to respect, which is the sort of David Barton rhetoric we expect from the Christian right, not from the Democratic uh, mayor of New York freaking city. Yeah. Honestly, none of that was great. Like that all kind of struck me pretty icky. Cause it's frankly, even if he believes that to be true, that's a wildly inappropriate thing to say. So inappropriate. That, like to, because the, not the implication he is saying that children without faith are going to be capital B bad or whatever. Bad for society, not just bad kids. Like they're hurting our world somehow. That's a deeply inappropriate thing to say. And, and I know we do this a lot, but if he was Muslim saying that Uh people would lose their ever loving, which I assume he's Christian now that I say that out loud. Okay. Um, Here's the other thing he said. One more clip here that uh, was truly messed up. The church is the gym. The Sikh temple is the gym. The mosque is the gym. You are there for training. You're not there to leave your best worship in the gym. Because if we are bringing our best fight in the ring, we would not have homeless in this city. We would not have a crisis of domestic violence. We would not have children because when we took prayers out of schools, guns came into schools. No, dude. So. Dude, you fell into the world's biggest logical pothole, my dude. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yep. First of all, he said, if you have faith, like he said, if you're Ooh, going to any temple or church, boy. you are training. What are you training for? To like unleash your goodness into the world is I think the best version of what he was trying to say there. But he's saying that if we did that, if we follow the precepts of our religious beliefs or something, there would be no domestic violence. Sir, there would the be no mayor. You cannot be a person saying the only thing we need to do is raise more religious children to combat gun violence and Domestic violence? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's what he said. And he said again, quote, when we took prayers out of schools, guns came into schools. Fuck. Let's talk about that really quick. Uh, uh, just to give people some dates here. Jesus uh, fucking Christ. We never took prayers out of school because guess what? Kids, are never adults can always pray on their mm. own time. No one took that out. The only thing that got removed in like 1962 was forced Christian prayer, like coming through the loudspeakers. Um, it was the right decision then. And it's appalling that any elected official would think pushing religion on kids would solve problems like domestic violence. I mean, it's so but also, wildly inappropriate. To, to say that we got rid of prayer, not true, but that we got rid of prayer and then gun violence came in. 1962 was that Supreme Court decision. What year did Columbine happen? If you want to call, that's not the first school shooting, but sure. that's the first big one that we all talk about. That's 99. Yeah. That is 37 years later. So either God has very slow reaction time or the, he's just making shit up. I mean, there are a lot of factors that explain the rise in gun violence in schools. Removing mandatory prayers from classrooms isn't one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, there's plenty of horrific evidence that having more God doesn't stop gun violence. I know that because there have been uh, mass shootings in places of worship. Mm -hmm. It's awful. So to suggest that the lack of forced prayer in, in school is part of the problem, it, again, you expect that from like a Republican who's trying to become president mm -hmm. saying that sort of lie because they know Christians who are very gullible will believe them. You don't expect that from a Democrat who runs the largest city in the country. Here's how bad it was. Oh, I forgot. At one point, he loves his metaphors, Eric sure. Adams. He held up a sponge. Christians in general love a metaphor. <laughs> he held up a sponge on stage oh and boy. he urged the crowd that to like embrace spirituality and wring out their despair by squeezing the despair out with the sponge of faith. And he said, you will never be who you ought to be if you carry around a saturated sponge of despair. You've got to wring it out. To which, to her credit... Marianne Williamson, the kooky spiritual person who ran for president for yeah, three minutes four years ago and is running again now for oh, some reason. Oh, good. I was worried about that. Even she chimed in, imagine if I had done that. Touche, girl. Yes. <laughs> girl. We would have made fun of you as well because it's a dumb thing to say. You know how Eric Adams' faith is like a sponge? It gets nasty quickly and it's full of holes. Ooh, Boom. It, roasted. That's pretty funny. You're and it, welcome. And it's kind of stinky. Here's where it got even uh, worse for Eric Adams. <laughs> did you like <laughs> not, my stinky joke? Not only did he refuse to like apologize, surprise, surprise, um, when critics called out the Christian right rhetoric, his spokesman, Fabian Levy, said, no, the mayor isn't pushing for upending any U.S. laws or principles. 
which no one was accusing him of. Like, just because you're not changing the law doesn't mean what you said is okay. But then the spokesperson said this, while everyone in the room immediately understood what the mayor meant, it's unfortunate that some have immediately attempted to hijack the narrative in an effort to misrepresent the mayor's comments. Buddy, we're not misrepresenting it. We are quoting him in context and there's no context in which any of those statements are okay. Um, listen, there's no shortage of groups that have since spoken out against it. But just to quote a couple here, uh, Rachel Laser from Americans United for Separation of Church and State. It's especially disheartening to hear the mayor of New York City promoting right-wing Christian nationalist Truly, talking points yeah. about prayer solving gun violence. Um, His words ignore the fact that students are free to voluntarily pray in public schools because of the separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. Um, The head of the New York Civil Liberties Union said it is odd that Mayor Adams would need a refresher on the First Amendment. After all, he has sworn to uphold the Constitution more than once. Um, huh. goes on for a while. By I the way, sh- a quarter of New York City is non-religious. You would think a guy who supposedly knows his city as well as anyone mm-hmm. would acknowledge that, oh, right, a quarter of our city, I love them. They are my citizens. They are my constituents. And to tr- write them off as people who are incapable of doing good, apparently. Right. Now, this is from Wild. 2008, but while you're talking, I have been trying to see if I could find some numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, um and theological the, theology theology close enough theology Drink there it more. is <laughs> the theology professor uh, Stephen Tracy who is in Brisbane Australia I believe says quote it is widely accepted by abuse experts and validated by numerous studies that evangelical men who sporadically attend church are more likely than any other men of any other religious group and more likely than secular men to assault their wives hey look at that so I'm not sure that church is the solution to And I mean, how many times have we covered uh, churches that cover up or just ignore allegations of abuse? Oh, constantly. I mean, it's just a dumb thing to say. It's a dumb thing to double down on after uh, people call you out on it. I mean, I think that's kind of a, a real problem that we're having is people... Like, I... If he followed up that little tirade, which was, again, wildly inappropriate. But if he followed it up um, and said, listen, I got ahead of myself. I was in front of a crowd. I got Mm -hmm. fired up. I said things that I should not have said as a, especially as a government official, as a duly elected government official. I'm sorry if I offended people who have no religion. That would be the appropriate response to this. Yeah. Not instead he took ah, the Lori like Lightfoot stick- approach of I can say no wrong. Don't you dare criticize me. Why do you hate like <laughs> why do you hate black lesbians? So is the I answer. Mean, yeah, I mean truly it's it's been disappointing to see like because the problem is we Democrats actually hold our politicians to the standards that we that we believe that they should hold. And the right wing doesn't. Yeah. And so, Again, yeah, that's part of the problem. Not only are you saying right wing stuff, then you're acting like conservatives by just refusing to admit you've done yeah, anything wrong. Do better. It just makes everything worse. Um, Last weekend, I had my in-laws over and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. 
After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Let me talk about what I don't think we talked about what happened at Asbury University because I'm still not convinced this is a big story, but it is to a lot of other people. So um, there is this Christian college close to Lexington, Kentucky. It's okay. called Asbury, A-S-B-U-R-Y, Asbury University. Ass. Yep. You get it out of your system. <laughs> but like, here's what happened. Um, a few weeks ago, like early February, February 8th, they have their usual morning chapel service Mm. one morning. Students are there, whatever. It's a private Christian school. They do their thing. After that morning chapel service ended, some a whole bunch of students decided to continue singing and praying together, and they just kind of kept it going. And then more people joined in, like it's the wave at a sporting event. And then it became a thing like, yep, God is speaking to us. We're doing a thing. There's a revival happening here. And then like the whole school gets involved in this chapel service that never ends. And then people start driving in from other states because now everyone's like posting video of the singing and praying yeah, on TikTok. Yeah, I've seen Mass. I know it happens. Right? And so all these people start driving in. So this town of like 6,000 people mm-hmm. now has like 50,000 people driving into this small school because they think this is some big revival happening in the country and it's just happening at this private Christian school. Like, isn't that God working in miraculous ways? And now everyone's posting videos online and it's becoming a whole thing. Now... I will be like the reason I'm I have any doubts. You cannot ask me to care about this. Well, that's the thing. Like this was um, uh, broadcast as like a revival service. This is a big Christian revival. I just don't know if I buy into that. And the reason is revive. I mean, just look at the word. It's like you're not going to do this. No, because it's like you've come to God again. You're born again. You're living again. And the thing is, all the attendees who came to this place, they are current Christians yeah. no, no, no. But who a just revival. got caught up in a spirit, who got caught up in a thing because they saw people doing You're it. You're being way too literal. A revival, like a church revival is meant to be a big celebration. And okay, call and it a dancing. big celebration then. But like That's they got they caught up in a religious it. fervor. There's okay. no God spirit moving yeah. to make. Listen, if a revival broke out at an American atheist conference, okay, let's have a talk about what's happening here. But to believe that something special happened because Christians at a Christian college were inspired to do Christian things and then got joined by other Christians. I don't know how that's a news story, but this has become an international story. It sounds like a really nice story, Hammond. It's 
It sounds lovely. Wait, wait, wait. It I am not like complaining about it because singing and celebrating, and then other. You're totally missing my point. Out. I haven't even gotten oh, to the point yet. Oh, I'm not mad because they were doing it. Mm-hmm. I do think the coverage is overblown because nothing newsworthy happened here. Well, we haven't had good news in like six years. Wait, wait, so. wait. No, no, no. There's no. I'm not even saying good news or bad news. I'm saying this isn't a news story because whatever Christians praying isn't a story. I don't care how long they do it. And But to their credit, they're not sitting there saying, let's just bash gay people. Let's just um, do culture war stuff. Uh-huh. They were trying to keep it focused on Jesus. The school is like, oh, we know there are Christian, quote unquote, celebrities on social media yeah. that want to hijack this for their own means. We're not allowing them in. Like they had a oh. line for kids under 20, well, kids, uh, people under 25. Oh, they're like, look, if you want to pray with us, we'll let you in. Uh-huh. If you're trying to do this to enhance your social your spot, media profile. Yeah. We're not interested. Um, and then like two weeks later, they asked people like, listen, we have a college. We have to run here. We need to move this off campus. Right. And we need to get back to work. And like when people said, you're trying to stop the revival at your college, the school's president's like, we can't stop something we didn't start. Yeah. Remember, that's what you people believe. Um, now, here's the interesting part about the story. And the reason I wanted to bring it up it turns out, you know what, what uh, was revived there? Maybe? Measles. Here's how I know that. Because the Kentucky Cabinet for Health and Family Services, like the state version of the CDC, yeah. announced that an unvaccinated resident of the county, uh, who now has a confirmed case of measles, attended the revival at Asbury during the height of the when it was super popular. Oh, that sucks. And because measles is, quote, a highly contagious respiratory virus, and because we are talking about a population of people who Less probably likely to get vaccinated. <laughs> are not vaccinated, who probably have excuses for not getting vaccinated. I don't know. There's a lot of cause for concern. Um, I should say to this point. There's no evidence that anyone else has gotten measles from this thing. I'm not suggesting they were. Only that even the state's health officials are like, please go get checked. Please make sure you are vaccinated if you're not already. This is what the commissioner of that department said. Anyone who attended the revival on February 18th may have been exposed to measles. Attendees who are unvaccinated are encouraged to quarantine for 21 days and to seek immunization with the measles vaccine, which is safe and effective. Um, just saying, please, people, I, I just go get your shots. Why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, listen, but I... Here's a You're question not for you. going to get my hackles up on this one. Oh, my I God. Think it's okay, really fine. Nice... Don't care about measles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Hold here. The fuck I am on not. Hammond. I'm not saying let's trash the people who prayed at Asbury. I don't think it's a story, Are but I'm not mad about them. Sure, you're not yeah. saying don't trash the people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who Listen, prayed? if I wanted to trash them, I would tell you I want to trash them. I don't. I don't care if they want to pray on their own time, which they did. Fine, do your thing. I think it's silly, but again, my opinion doesn't matter here. But if I'm wondering, let's say this happened like right as the pandemic was starting and everything was starting to get shut down. Do you think for a second? Anyone in this place would have said, uh, well, I'll take the safety precaution here. It seems like someone here has COVID, so I will go home and quarantine. Of course they wouldn't. Of course they wouldn't. And I'm really, really worried. But I am not entirely convinced that one person who made terrible decisions time after time after time, not getting vaccinated, not being safe, mm-hmm. et cetera. I'm... 
having a hard time connecting that one person's horrible decisions to this sort of larger, like, yes, it's an overblown news story, but like, I don't want to blow your mind, but human interest stories are pretty fucking popular for a reason. It's a nice story. Wait, wait, I don't get why you don't care about the person with, with measles I, going I, to a crowded event and perhaps spreading a oh, respiratory no, no. Of virus. Of course I care That's about That's the only thing I want to talk about. But then why don't we spend 20 minutes talking about how To give how you it's context over- about what this thing is and why it's a thing at okay. all. Okay. Yeah, that person's a fucking asshat. And I Excellent. hope those people get treated. But <laughs> we're on the same page then. What am I supposed to be like? Who am I? I'm supposed to be mad at that person and who else? Um, everyone who attended and didn't take any precautions because they mm. should. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. That didn't feel like this a, is going to be a bigger story if worthy. and when something happens. I, yeah. I'm just setting even, the but scene. Even then, like, even if that becomes the story, it's just a yet another story. We, this happens in Disney World. This happens all over the fucking place. Like, I think no the f- bad analogy because Disney World is Disney outdoors. W- this is in an indoor public like enclosed Did the small person space. Know they have. I mean, I, I just had a lot of questions about it, but like. Oh, I don't know yeah, if they knew they had Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, right, sorry, I'm talking I about Frank Pavone. Uh, Frank Pavone, we've talked about him before because he's a he used he's to be a, a Catholic Italian priest. Mobster cartoon? Close enough. He was a Catholic priest. He was kicked out of the priesthood late last year. Okay. Um, and the reason we talked about him when he got kicked out of the priesthood is because this is a guy who's like What do you have to do to get kicked? Yeah, do you out know how bad you have to be to get kicked church. out of the Catholic Church? Um, he did a few things, and the question was, like, what did you do to get kicked out? Because he's a conservative pastor, surprise, surprise, but this is a guy who runs a group called Priests for Life that is anti-abortion. That group got a lot of attention in 2016 because Frankie Pavone here uh, made a did a live stream where he used an actual dead fetus as a political prop. Saying, look, hey, look at this thing I just hey, have hey, on Hammond, hand. Where did he get a fucking fetus, that's bud? That's a lovely question. Hammond, that's really scary, actually. Uh-huh. Why does he have human remains? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Was that's, he just holding it with gross bare hands? I think so. And I don't think uh, that's why he got kicked out. He also happened what? to, he also urged Catholics to vote for Donald Trump, which is not something any religious leader should be doing. I Correct. don't care who he votes for, but using his... Uh, religious title mm-hmm. to endorse a candidate you can't do, but oh, well, that's, that's not, not why he got kicked out either. Yeah. It oh. turns out we. Uh, it turns out there was a letter sent to him mm-hmm. uh, back late last year, and they said one of the problems. Oh, I didn't even mention uh, this guy Pavone made tweets in 2020 where he called Joe Biden a effing loser. He cool. said the Democratic Party was God hating and America hating, just like Jesus and that said. Biden's supporters can't say an expletive thing in support of their loser candidate without using the word Trump. What the hell do you have to say for yourselves, losers, said the Catholic priest. Goddamn, is goddamn is the word he used. from the Bible? That is quoting Jesus okay, uh, I, verbatim. I, you know I don't know the Bible that well, but I recognize scripture <laughs> when I hear it. The church, the Vatican, this is the letter people got a hold of finally. The church's letter dismissing him from the priesthood, it referenced blasphemous communications on social media, 
which suggests to me they were more concerned about the word goddamn than like the live the dead Catholic the church is so ill-equipped thing. to deal with the 21st century. But here's um, the thing. Your social media. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, gang. But that's not why they kicked him out either. What? They referenced that. But here's what they actually said in the letter. Father Pavone was okay. given ample opportunity to defend himself mm-hmm. in the canonical proceedings, and he was given multiple opportunities to submit himself to the authority of his diocesan bishop. I might be pronouncing that wrong. But basically, you're not submitting to authority. You're not submitting to authority because someone told you to do something and you didn't do it, and that's why you're getting kicked out of the priesthood. Ooh, very military of them, eh? Uh Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you might have killed a village, but you did it on orders. Right. That's how the Catholic (laughs) Church works. So he went from being (laughs) Father Frank Frank Pavone into, like, Frank the creepy fetus dude who does... Frank the tank. Yep. To do Catholic cosplay and convince people Frank to support MAGA Republicans. And by the way, after that happened, he uh, said he was being persecuted, basically, on Twitter. Obviously, by his own um, church. Hey, I have a question. Do you think he still goes to Mass? Uh, These I, are things I think about. Like, when, when people get a full-on boot out of the Catholic Church, like, are you still trying to get, get your communion in every I Sunday? don't know if he still goes. Uh, ironically, he still does run priests for life, even though he's not a priest. And, and he, he clearly doesn't, doesn't care about life. life. Um, hey, but that's not the what the story joke. is all about. This, that's the background. Here's what happened now. It turns out that since he got kicked out of the priesthood, okay. which is like what November of last year, he's basically, from uh, he's uh, we'll get to that. Oh, okay, uh, like Arizona-ish, that but like um, he was kicked out in November. The world found out about this in like December when that letter got made public. I found out about but it in, in the, March. It's only been a couple months, yeah. since that time, and it turns out he's now since then been accused by multiple women Uh of sexual misconduct. Oh, no, buddy. Multiple people. I thought you were supposed to be celibate, my dude. I want to run through. Well, okay, so let's talk about that. How hard can you fail at celibacy by raping a person? He didn't do that. Oh. Nope, you're jumping the gun. Just wait. You're going to put your foot in your mouth real quick on this one. Oh, God. So hold your thought for a second. Oh, God. So here's the story. Um, There's a conservative website called The Pillar. Um, I don't love their quote-unquote journalism. But one time, for example, they uh, outed a hypocritical priest who was using Grindr. Uh, that's the sort of journalism they do. <laughs> um, interesting, sure, but I don't care about a priest's private life, even if he is a hypocrite. Anyway, here's what the pillar said uh, recently. This is from last month. Mm-hmm. They said he had been accused of, quote, sexual harassment, grooming behavior, and coercive physical contact with young women. Um I'm quoting here. The pillar has learned that at least two reports of misconduct were sent to the Diocese of Amarillo, Amarillo, uh, Texas, (laughs) during or before 2010, with additional complaints also likely filed. Reports involved allegedly inappropriate behavior toward interns and junior employees of Priests for Life. So here's the story that involved here. And this is like, it's not... Um, he wasn't pushing himself on people, okay. but it's inappropriate. Yeah. One woman who served as his assistant in college, uh, his assistant for that group, okay. said basically he began grooming her as soon as she began working for him. Cool. He would touch her inappropriately, like rubbing her back, mm. uh, and then suddenly her bra got unclasped. Oh, yeah, my foot's chasing real good, Hammond. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sitting on her hotel bed during a work trip, asking if she wanted to slip into more something more comfortable. Sir, are you from a movie? Uh-huh. Um, other women said he was making unwanted advances and acting inappropriately, and he used his status as a priest and the director of Priests for Life to, quote, gain isolated access to women in their homes or during trips for the organization. So he didn't do anything physical, but 
crossing every single line along the way there. Is everybody a potential predator given the right opportunity? This is the question yes. I keep turning myself If you've over listened to Atheist Podcasts in the past uh, several months, I think you will find the answer is yes. How much power do I have to garner until I start abusing it? Let's. I mean, I think you're about 400 patrons away. Yeah. From from like cornering somebody and telling them how good his butt looks in those khakis. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing: all these people started working for Priests for Life one because they respected the guy, they respected the mission, Mm -hmm. and they're like, again, it's a very like you have power over me in this situation. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say anything to piss you off. Right. And so a lot of them are like, he's saying uncomfortable things, but maybe that's just old guy syndrome. You know. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever it is. Can't read the room, doesn't right. get what's appropriate anymore. Um, a spokesperson said all the complaints were resolved satisfactorily. Um, and that according the diocese, according to Priest for Life, mm. and that the diocese issued multiple letters saying Pavone remained in good standing. Now, the first. That was a good sign when you have to release a ton of letters like, no, 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 no. He's doing great. I will, <laughs> I'm going to mail you next week to remind right. you how good he's doing. The first woman said her case was not, in fact, resolved satisfactorily. What? So that article came out on January 24th. A few days later, so okay. we're still talking like last month now, it turns out um, a different Priest for Life employee, this guy's a male priest, he confirmed that sexual misconduct was a problem when he worked at the organization. He and said from it? 2015 to 2018, when he worked there, he had counseled one staffer for more than two years over sexual harassment she had allegedly experienced from Pavone. Mm. Um, she, I'm quoting from this other priest. She made it clear she was not comfortable with his inappropriate advances. It did not stop, and I actually personally confronted Frank about the situation, and it still did not stop, and she was eventually forced to quit. And the thing is, the woman he's talking about mm. is not one of the women I mentioned earlier. Oh, this okay. is... It's so this is what bad. we call a pattern. A pattern. So now we jump to mid-February, just mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and now there's another woman who spoke also with the pillar and said she was, quote, serially sexually harassed while working for the same organization. Hmm. She said he kept file cabinets in his bedroom and he'd have me filing things in his bedroom, which felt inappropriate. In his bedroom. Um, he would call so me his favorite college student. No. And when I'd say that I graduated, he'd say, that's so cute. You're my favorite college graduate. She recalled that's that. so cute. Mm. Hey, hey. Never call a professional person cute that you're working with. An adult human person who you're paying is not cute. She recalled that Pavone would have me drive him to the airport and he would touch my legs. She decided to quit in 2006 after an incident in which Pavone had me backed up against a wall and was stroking my hair and stroking my shoulder. Fuck. Um, And I wonder, quote, dot, dot, dot. And I wonder why I didn't knee him in the groin. Me too. Um, again, it's all you're making women feel uncomfortable. You are not taking no for an answer. And clearly, Ugh. even a guy who worked at the organization, another priest, spoke with him about it and it didn't stop. And the thing is, all this. Um, oh, by the way, there was one more woman last week in a different news outlet, a writer who said she was a victim of his aggression. And she said that when she was getting interviewed, like, you know what his interview question is? He doesn't ask, like, what are your credentials? What's your bra No. He says, do you enjoy roller coasters and seafood? Because those are his favorite things. Um, no, okay. no okay. interesting credentials. Okay, I know it's disgusting, but I'm intrigued because I do like those things. <laughs> 
And she said she and her female friend both said no to both of those questions because uh-huh. they don't like either one. They were brought on anyway because it didn't actually matter. Wait, that wasn't the end of the interview. That was the whole interview. You're fucking lying to nope. me. They didn't ask about credentials. What can you actually do for the job you're applying for? He saw two women. He's do you like, speak you're English? Yeah, no, didn't matter. Um, I want to say really quickly that my the one time I got kind of groped in public on a train, it was a dude sitting next to me on the L. Mm-hmm. And he kept reaching into his pocket. And when he would reach into his pocket, he would like, I was wearing a, a dress. It would, his hand would like kind of touch my leg, yeah. which is sort of the, what happens. On, but then he kept pulling his phone in and out of his pocket. And then he really just bailed on the phone premise and just started <laughs> like running his leg on my thigh at yeah. which point. And I'm really proud of this because I didn't even like my fight or flight wasn't even triggered. I was just like, do not fucking touch me. And he got up and moved across the train. And I do think people thought I was just yelling at a black man, but I just have to live with the fact that, you know, all that's to say is, can I tell you how fucking miserable it is for somebody to be grazing your thigh without your consent? Your boss. It fucking blows. It's like, it's... um, the male so priest who worked with Pavone gross. is calling for his resignation from the group. Even I'm though he calling doesn't for work his head anymore. on a platter. Yep. Ooh, um, is that too much? Yes. Am I going to get arrested? Yes. Okay. And the Daily Beast pointed out in its own summary of all these incidents, these allegations span a period of almost 20 years mm. from the late 90s till 2018. And even when the women involved reported what was happening, because mm. they did. They didn't just keep, like, this wasn't a whisper network. Uh. They reported this stuff but their complaints were dismissed by priests for life what? as well as the Catholic church. Everyone so in positions of power acted like his Pavone's anti-choice activism and what he was doing overrode mm. any alleged uh, harassment. And even today, uh, the nonprofit organization, the anti-choice one is standing by his side. Um, he's been like, this is all a political hit job. They don't like what I stand for. Again, the women involved here are, agree with him. On the anti-choice thing. I mean... And the Catholic Church is now like, well, he's not our problem anymore. He's out of the priesthood. He's not our thing anymore. But that doesn't... And again, has he done anything illegal? No. He's just done a lot of things that are deeply uncomfortable. Being a fucking creeper. Uh, My name is Jessica Blumke Grife, and my platform is ban all creepers. I just... And people wonder, and they wonder, they wonder, how come people are leaving the church? How come women aren't as religious? Like, y'all treat us like shit, and we're talking about it now. I know you've been doing this for a 100,000 years, but now we have the internet, and we can talk to each other. I I was listening to, I was grocery shopping earlier, listening to the latest podcast, uh, the latest episode of the last podcast on the left, um, and they're doing a deep dive on David Miscavige. Mm-hmm. Or Scientology dude. the Scientology uh, gentleman who's apparently about my height. He's about 5'3", which is has gotten me far in life. Good for you. Um, anyway, he's an absolute asshole. But they were having this conversation about how Shelly Miscavige or Miscavige basically... She's been missing for a while. Since 2006, I want to mm. say. But regard, they were talking about like how women are treated. And Ben Kissel goes to the other two like, so uh seems like it doesn't matter what religion it is. They always end up shitting on the women huh or the women always end up suffering and yeah welcome to religion <laughs> truly the way marcus and henry it's just an there was organized just, way to do it truly there was just like a two-second pause and they both went yep <laughs> like it was such a perfect moment of like 
Yeah. 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 Like, yep. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's tales old as time. Um, I'm going to jump to this story involving, uh, the, uh, satanic temple because you know how they have their after school Satan clubs. Oh, uh, yes, yes. The yes. background there is any place where a Christian group called the good news club opens up an after school club for little kids. And they say, look, uh, the school has to allow us to rent the space, use the space. And if you want to come for Bible study, I mean, it's legal to do. Right. But as soon as they open the door to that, you can't say no to other groups that want the same thing. Correct. So everywhere these good news clubs have opened, uh, there has been, at least in a lot of these places, there's been an attempt to start an after school Satan club, mm-hmm. um, which is amusing in its own right. But there's a county in Pennsylvania that uh, they just were about to have their first meeting uh, for after school Satan. Uh, it was scheduled for next week. But after they announced that they were going to have this club. After school Satan, it's called Ass? It's called Ass Club. Guys. That's right. Come on now. Come on. Take this seriously. Call no, us No, please don't. I love it. Satan Keep it after going. school. But uh, Satan's student a coach. couple weeks ago, uh, someone left a voicemail to the district okay. saying that, and they referenced the decision to allow after school Satan to use the district's facilities after school. Uh-huh. Someone left a message citing that and then making a threat to the school. So a threat of what nature? Uh, they didn't specify in the article that I was reading. Oh, that's very scary. This was after school on a Tuesday afternoon, God, and Christians so, are violent and volatile, aren't uh, they? Well, by eight p.m. on that night, the superintendent of the district made a decision to close schools Wednesday. God, that's so I mean, fucking scary. To play what it safe, right? Do? What else are you going to do? There was nothing. There was no more evidence. Mm. There was nothing found. There was. They, they took the proper the precautions. Like I'm sure they're the looking year into or it. 2023. They have caller ID, right? But what was amazing is that you know they, I forgot if this district had to close it the next day as well. Mm. But immediately that Friday night, by the end of the week, the superintendent had rescinded the approval for the after school Satan Club to use their facilities, and she said due to violating wow. district policy. What district policy, ma'am? Uh-huh. She said, as a result of this violation, the educational programming and activities of the district has been significantly impacted, and it has caused unequivocal disruption to the district's daily operations. Our students, staff, and teachers have had to endure a threat to their safety and welfare. The gravity of feelings of instability, anxiety, and fear have been profound, basically saying that because you existed and because some random dude made a threat because of you, we're going to punish you for all the disruption that's been caused. Ooh, that was a bad call. And if they go through... Ooh, that was a bad call. Man, if they go... Th- and by the way, they did not say, we're canceling all after-school no, clubs. No, of course No, not. no, no. It's Just the, the Satanists, Satanists, which is a lawsuit in the making. Can you remind me where this is? This was in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? But keep in mind, Satanists okay. did not phone in the threat. They didn't put kids in danger. No, of course they, not. This is a critical thinking and compassion club. In yeah. response to a Christian club that already exists at the same middle school. Oh, that's going to go all the way to the Supreme Court, isn't it? Uh, well, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully Doesn't this feel like something earlier. that's going to get appealed and appealed? Um, I, it depends. I mean, this is a district that seems to be reactionary, and I'm sure the superintendent is thinking, I got to do something so they think I care. But telling well, the Satanist group that they got to shut down, sure. instead of saying... We're going to make sure any student who wants to attend that club has security. We're going to make sure they feel safe and welcome. And, I mean, they have a choice. They can let all these clubs 
continue existing, which no one has a problem with, or you say no to all of them because of these threats. What you don't do is punish one group in particular because they were the target or they were cited in the harassment Mm -hmm. um, and then just pretend like you've fixed all the problems. No, you've only created problems then. That was a bad call turn tip. And you're giving people a playbook. Oh, there's a Satanist. Uh, there's oh, an after school Satan club near you. Yeah, just call in an and anonymous threat. Great. Um, there was another district in Virginia where their first meeting, the Ask Club's first meeting, had to be delayed due to safety concerns. But they finally met last week. But like the couple days later in the morning, someone emailed a bomb threat to the school in Virginia. Um, the threat called the primary school evil. It accused it of promoting devil worship. And they said they would set the bombs off once everyone is evacuated. And the school was evacuated and they had police there and nothing happened. But because of the length of the inspections, students were dismissed early. All after school activities were canceled. And then a second bomb threat was made the next day. The same school? Same school. Now, here's the thing. That district in Virginia, if I have this right, they decided, no, we are not canceling the, the satanic club just because of this. Mm-hmm. No, we'll do what we can because we want after school clubs and we want to protect the children. We have a children. spine that we're eager to keep intact. So the question is what this Pennsylvania district is going to do because they're just heading towards an illegal... Uh, I mean, they've already taken that step. Yeah. But if they don't fix it soon... Let's hope that the AHA or whomever is going to send them a season yeah. assist I letter. did ask the satanic temple, so are you going to pursue this oh. one? Are you going to file a lawsuit over this? They haven't decided yet. I'm curious so why not. That I feels think like they're a just trying. I think that... No, they don't want to file a lawsuit over this. Oh. They want to work this out and just provide a safe space for the kids. Yeah. And there are people who are interested interested in coming to their club. That's what they want. They don't want this to be a lawsuit. So they're trying to figure out like, look, that's a last resort. Mm -hmm. We're going to try all these other channels first to see if we could resolve the problem. And if we can't, we'll talk about that. That's an option on the table. But right now they're just trying to figure out what they can do here. So like in this case, it would be what start with the cease and desist. Is that the first step or is Um, that? I don't know. I don't know what the legally first thing to do is other than to say, listen, here's the legal problem with what you're doing. You have a choice. You could say no to all clubs or you allow our club to meet. And if you're worried and hey, we're worried too. We're the ones in Mm -hmm. the the crossfire here. Yeah. Then give us the security we need to have this safely because that's a lot cheaper for you than trying to deal with this in court where you will lose. And in so doing, demonstrate to your kids that you don't back down from threats and that every voice deserves to be heard even if it makes some people uncomfortable like this is a teachable moment it could be if they allow it to and yet (laughs) we'll see this is an interesting story that i just came across today Mm -hmm. and i did not know this uh so your smile is making me scared well it's weird because it quotes me like it's quoting me directly and it's on a christian website so i'm always like what are you saying what did i do to make you upset and it comes from uh dr michael brown who is like a very uh i forgot the exact title he uses religious label he uses um But basically, he writes for Charisma, which is a very uh, charismatic, Pentecostal, like, fundamentalist sort of Christian website. Cool. Um, But I'm going to read from the beginning of this article. Last week, a remarkable email was forwarded to me by my staff. Um, I'm trying not to say the name of the person who wrote it, but basically, here's the story. 
There was a person who wrote for Friendly Atheist, my site. Is it me? For, no, it's not you. Oh. Uh, for a couple of years, um, when I was writing at Patheos, mm-hmm. um, wrote for me for a couple of years. Um, she was a Christian. She was a progressive Christian, but I felt like, you know, most of the stuff I write is not arguing for why God is wrong. It's arguing for why conservative Christianity is harmful. Right. And she felt the same way. So it's like, you know what? It's That's not much of a conflict for me, the fact that you're religious. And, and those are definitely our allies, are the separation right. church and state people. So she wrote a bunch of articles over the course of like a year or two. Uh-huh. And then when I moved to Only Sky uh, at the beginning of 2022, it's like, you know what? I'm making a lot of changes here personally. I'm not doing uh, contributors really. So it seemed like a good time to part ways mm-hmm. and fine. Yeah. I haven't really talked to her since. So Michael Brown in this article says a remarkable email was forwarded to me by my staff. It was from that writer. Her name is Beth. I could say that her name oh, is Beth, yeah. but basically, uh, Michael Brown says she is someone I had previously interacted with when she was a hostile progressive Christian writing for an atheist website. Oh, that's Why you. was she contacting me now? I share all this with you with her full permission and blessing. Um, and Beth wrote in her email, dear Michael, uh, she found an article that Michael Brown had written years ago that she had criticized on my site. Okay. Uh, because that's the sort of thing I would totally uh, publish. What is it? Like what year ish? Um, 2019. Oh, okay. I think he was, his article was about, uh, the weapon of progressive Christianity and why it was a bad thing. She wrote a response to that, calling out the problems with the article. And she wrote to him today, like now, It's so funny to read this now, his article, because I no longer recognize the person you're talking about. At the time, I was... Oh, I'm sorry. I should have said, Michael Brown, when he wrote this condemnation of progressive Christians, Uh he's specifically talking about her and something she wrote on my site. Okay. And then she responded... And this all written in 2019. Yeah. And then she responded to his criticism. So they're volleyball. Yeah, that was the back and forth, which is fine, and it happens all the time, not weird. But she's saying it's funny to read this now, referring to his article, because I no longer recognize the person you're talking about. At the time, I was going through a period of deconstruction. Hmm. All the downtime in 2020 forced me to reevaluate everything I believe and why, And I'm happy to say I've returned to biblical orthodoxy, Hmm. including in matters of sexuality. Hmm. I just thought you would be interested to know that. And what, to translate that, um, she's become basically more fundamentalist and... Anti she's behind the progressive values. Very that she much had not a progressive Christian, and that's especially true when it comes to trans people, LGBTQ oh, sure. people. Yeah, that happens though. It does happen. Like and a lot. Like a lot. Um, I think I mean in terms Does it happen of, a lot? I mean, it, it, anecdotally, I feel like I have heard a lot of people over the last five years say I had this maybe not progressive friend, family member, et cetera, but they got sucked into the YouTube conservative <laughs> black hole. Everyone goes down their own rabbit holes. Yeah, you're right. It happens. It and listen, happen. that's the thing. Like she was writing criticisms of like conservative Christianity for me. We had disagreements on a variety of things, but nothing that was ever important enough to make Have we public. Have the part where they name check you? Um, I mean, it references oh, it friendly the, okay, atheists. I didn't, I didn't know um, if it was going to go on. But um, the thing is, like, yeah, it's not weird. I'm. This isn't a personal beef or anything, no. and I'm not trying to draw negative attention to her. Like, look, if you change your views, whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't owe me anything. You know what I mean? Um, but this is the interesting part. This is the disappointing part, I should say, because I guess Michael Brown, after he received that email from her, started an email conversation, just like, so what actually happened uh, Between, to change your oh, okay. uh, views to her? 
And one of the things she wrote to him, which he says, I'm sharing with her permission. So this is public. I'm not sharing anything I shouldn't be sharing here. Uh, This is quoting her writing to him via email. I'm not sure how the transformation started exactly, except that at some point I started praying for God to reveal the truth to me, no matter how uncomfortable it made me. Hmm. And then I started noticing some inconsistencies within the LGBT movement, like how you're apparently born this way, but at the same time, sexuality is also fluid. And for a same-sex attracted well, person... Wait, wait, yes, wait, wait, yes. wait. That's one of the worst arguments I've ever heard in my entire life. Yes. Continue. Uh-huh. And for a same-sex attracted person to reject a trans person for a date is apparently transphobic because the parts don't match the gender identity, even though, according to a sex-positive philosophy, no one is supposed to be shamed for what they are into. This is news to me. That was a confusing... Was that one sentence? Yes. Um, I Ooh, think that was the like argument the there is if sentences. you're not interested in dating someone who's trans, that makes you transphobic, which I've never heard anyone say at all. Uh, I mean, I've definitely heard the the rattlings of like, I should know if like my date has a penis or not. Like, but that's stupid and bullshit. And I, I, Whatever. If she goes are... on. That means the logic of gender ideology is actually homophobic. I hate when they try to use like logical fallacies because they're not especially good at it. It's fine. Continue. Um, that was it. And then it, I mean, goes That's on for a little bad. while. That's, but uh, I'm disappointed. She says many of the friends I made in that circle. I think she's talking progressive Christian or atheist circles. Many of the friends I made in that circle dropped me once I started to regain my spiritual footing. Mm. They liked me when I questioned things and my faith was struggling, but not when I found it again. No, it sounds like people don't like your shitty opinions, Beth. I think that's probably it. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't talked to her since like we stopped working together. So I this is actually news to me because I just wasn't aware of it and sure. I don't follow it. Yeah, um, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, uh, she said at that time I stopped writing for Pathios and the Friendly Atheist website. I have since joined the Anglican Church, um, affiliated with the more conservative wing of the Anglican Church, and have built a healthy spiritual community there. Um, she said in a separate email... Wait, is she I, British? I thought Anglicans were British. Um, Do I not understand religion? Yes. Okay. That is the right answer. Not it. Um, basically, she just felt like reaching out to Michael Brown because she said... I uh, sparred with you more than most and mm-hmm. definitely went out of my way to misrepresent your views. I was wrong to do that. I apologize for the version of me you had to deal with. I'm just saying as someone who edited huh. those articles, uh, I didn't think any of it was a misrepresentation because I wouldn't want to do that. I want to quote them accurately. Uh, yeah, I think we And we I think we won. did. So anyway, I... Mm. I found that interesting. Well, I mean, God, when the undercurrents of the words change, apparently that means something is completely different. Like, ugh, I don't know. I think I'm more upset at seeing Michael Brown take a victory lap <laughs> than I am at Beth having a change of mind on any of this stuff. Because whatever, individuals can do whatever they do. Of uh, it happens on their journey, on their path, <laughs> finding who they are. Um, yeah, that's too bad, but also... It is what it is. It Shit is what happens. It, is. it happens. Can't it's win them disappointing, all. I mm-hmm. think, but not a personal disappointment. It's. I, I think I'd be disappointed if anyone felt that. Um, as in the yeah. the trans, anti-trans stuff, anti-gay stuff. I'm disappointed when I hear that. Do you ever go back and like read your shit from like 10, 15 years ago? Oh, I'm embarrassed by stuff I wrote last week. So okay. I try to avoid everything I and wrote in do the past. You, I have been kind of in circles that are like, that's a virtue. If you look back at something you did last year and you're like, oof, I didn't know what the fuck I was talking mm-hmm. about. 
that's a good thing that means you've grown. But now yeah. I'm looking at our friend Beth here and like, ooh, that cuts both ways, doesn't it? Like if you're embarrassed about who you were, that means it doesn't necessarily mean you've grown. It means you've changed. It means you've changed. I mean, again, changing I is fine. I, I, I hope no one uses something I wrote from whenever in the past to define who I am today without at least checking back with me. I'm usually embarrassed by how I phrase things. Yeah, or not how necess- funny I thought I was. Yeah, or, and not necessarily the values behind it. That mm-hmm. really hasn't changed. But there are some things I'm sure I've shifted on. Yeah. But again, this is one of those things when you do the sort of thing we're doing, which is share your opinions on a regular basis yeah. in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to change in the future, hopefully. Otherwise, you haven't learned anything. Yeah. You haven't gotten any more nuanced or anything like that. Somebody on the Facebook page described, because last year or last week, you said that you said something about the King Singers. And I was like, I've seen them. And then immediately I was like, no, I haven't. I lied to you. <laughs> and one of the Facebook... <laughs> so sorry I don't remember her name she said something to the effect of like Jessica is impulsive but with integrity (laughs) (laughs) I will just say whatever comes in my dumb head tagline but I'll fucking double check myself (laughs) I'll fact check This yeah. is a fascinating story from Victoria, Australia. Don't tell me what's fascinating. Um, I'll decide. I will tell you why it's fascinating. Years ago, let's go back 10 years, they used to have these uh, special religious instruction classes in their schools. It's kind of like a mandatory religious... Yeah, okay. mandatory religious instruction classes, like 30 minutes once a week in their schools, mm-hmm. where you learn about all these different religions. But the criticism of that class is it's basically a way to get Christian indoctrination into schools um, Mm. because they're not just teaching you about Christianity. Right. Um, I mean, I could show you the worksheets. They had like elementary. Here, here, look at this one worksheet. Sure. Can you find the hidden letters? Whose name do they spell? Oh, Sujess? Yes, Sujess. And then what God made? Add some plants and animals God has made. Big and small, short and tall, plants and animals he made. And you just have to fill in the blanks with what plants or... Nope. Just plants and animals. Tell us what God made as if that's a fact. Um, a bush and a tree and a fly and a bee. There you go. Good job. Thank you. Um, and so, like, this is just Christian indoctrination. You're not teaching me what they believe. And by the way, they're not really Whose spending... Whose name does this, Phil? There's, they're not even trying to teach you the same length of time about other religions. Others get lip service, but yeah. Christianity was kind of the main course. But I think it's vital at this point, I want to say, to remind myself... Australia is not America. They don't have the separation of church and state, correct? Or do they? Uh, don't I ask don't, me. I'm, I don't shit, care and I don't know. Why bring that up? Um, the reason I bring it up is the argument was these classes are supposed to teach us about faiths. They're not. They're indoctrination classes and they don't belong there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no shortage of anecdotes of volunteers using their time with kids to make converts, not explain the faith. Of course. But here's the thing. So in 2013, let's just go back 10 years, there were about 93,000 thousand students in the state of victoria enrolled in these classes Mm -hmm. because they had to they didn't really have a choice um and theoretically they learned about different religions but again christianity was the main thing Uh but after there was so much pushback against the indoctrination and they got a new leader in the state like the premier was more progressive Uh and they basically said instead of having 30 minute weekly SRI classes. sessions. (laughs) Yeah. um, During school hours, we'll move them to lunch periods. Okay. 
We'll move them before or after school because we want to make room for more important classes during the school day. Okay. And by the way, students still had to take, mandatory, a class in like faith and ethics, but it was more objective and structured, less centered around any one religion. Sounds like a good class. Yeah. So basically, it went from a mandatory weekly class to, you have to, by the way, uh, opt in to take it. Your parents have to sign some papers to okay. say, I want my kid to take the class. And, do it. and even then, it's not during school hours. You have to go before or after school or during lunch to attend these classes. Okay. Those are the big changes that have been made since then. Sounds like good, smart changes. Guess how many people are taking these classes today? 15. 750. <laughs> Compared to what? 13? They went from 93,000. 93. To 750. That's a drop-off rate of over 99%. And all they did is change it from opt-out to opt-in, and they changed it from during the school day to outside the school day. And no one's taking it, basically, anymore. And has there been any protests, any drumming of... Oh, Christians are not fans. (laughs) Are they, they, like, calling it persecution? Politically, the opposition party that wants to replace the guy in power, Uh who's been there for several years... The, one He's of their platforms. What is it? The current the current progressive, or whatever is progressive. Uh, premier. Yeah, okay. there's the opposition party trying to unseat him. Is like we're going to bring SRI back. Yeah, we're going to bring back a these religion with Victoria, classes. Not but they, climate change. They made that argument in 2018 mm-hmm. when they had their last elections, and it went well. And then they lost several seats because no one wanted that religious conservatism. Isn't it funny that they're willing to sacrifice their own seats of power for a for dumb, the dumbest reasons? Yeah. And by the way, they've now ditched it. They're not saying we're going to bring it back. They're just like saying, we'll just try to have more religion. Like they're making it very vague and like, don't be mad at us. Um, All of this is happening as Australia at large has seen a giant jump in no religion Mm. uh, to the point where it's about to overtake Christianity as the most popular group. No shit. Yeah. Hey, Australia, Uh I see you. Among younger Australians, 46% of millennials have no religion compared to 30% of boomers. And nearly half of Australians, uh, 18 to 24, don't trust religious leaders at all. What was that? How many people? Nearly half of all Australians under 24 just... Don't trust it. They're a skeptical priest? bunch, nope. the Aussies. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Wow. This is, a- again, Australia kicked out their overly, uh, overtly religious prime minister, Scott Morrison, in uh, the last election. Since 2016, they've legalized marriage equality in Australia. Um, they've seen similar controversies play out with so euthanasia good. and abortion with conservatives and their views basically losing in every instance. Mm-hmm. They've seen big time scandals among very popular religious leaders. We but talked about Hillsong. We've seen all of those things too. And we're still like, no, Mitch McConnell, you're my dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not seeing it here, but in Australia. No, 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 I'm just saying Australians nice. are as ever better. So it's just like more at koalas, a time. More kangaroos. At a time when Christianity needs a reboot in right. the country, more people are like, oh, you're giving me a choice? Yeah. I ju- I'm no, not taking thank it. Thank you, yep, actually. I'm good without no. it. Oh, that's hysterical. Good for you, Aussies. Right? I've never been to Melbourne. I would really like to go. Sure. Send us there, people. That's where. <laughs> Send us there. That's how it works. Listen, if somebody wants to bring us to Australia, I already speak the language, so I think <laughs> I, I've got a leg ahead. Um, leg up. God one story from Montana uh, hey, have I ever told you that I lived in Montana? Every day. I've never mentioned it um, to you. I don't they think. haven't. So they have it's this law in the state code. Gifted horseback rider. No. They have a law in the state code that says any teacher, principal, or superintendent may open the school day with a prayer. 
They have that law in the books. Cool. The thing is, that's unenforceable uh. because in 1962, as we mentioned earlier, the Supreme Court said school-sponsored prayer in public schools is unconstitutional. I remember that. But the thing is, just because the Supreme Court says something is unconstitutional doesn't rewrite state constitutions. Those lines may still be in the document, but it's unenforceable. That's true everywhere. That's why you might see, like, whatever, Miss. I don't know if this is true, like, Mississippi's constitution may say gay marriage is illegal. Right. Um, but it doesn't matter what it says because we have a law that overrides that. Or, yeah, that's when I deeply don't understand states' rights versus national rights. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. They, the Supreme Court can't go to your state constitution and, like, white out yeah. something that no longer applies because laws always change, whatever. Mm-hmm. There has to be, like, a push within the state to remove archaic lines. Right. Which is why sometimes you might see like Indiana has a law that says whatever, you can't drive over 50 miles per hour after midnight. If it's you're like where a did those woman come with from? a club foot. Yeah. But, uh, honestly, I think about those things all the time that are left on the books and it's like, okay, is it better for those archaic laws to just be like around or like using or our should we actually try to get rid of it? But like, is there actual time worth these unenforceable laws? Right. That's why um, sometimes they stay. And sometimes like, what's the point if it's going to, especially if it's something controversial, mm. that's no longer legal. Like what's the point of trying to get people pissed off yeah. about something that's already illegal? Up anybody. Yeah. So whatever they can have that old law in the books. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. But they have a newly elected state representative. His name is Greg Kametz, K-M-E-T-Z. He just filed a bill to change that part of the law. And it's like, oh, good. Well, I'm glad you're changing that law. I bet he's law. going the right way. Is he? Uh, Here's what the new law that he's proposing, or the bill. have to open Here's what the, the, day, <laughs> the day with the prayer. No, well, here's what he says. He added a line that says, prayer is permitted in school, on school grounds, <laughs> which is shot. true. Yeah, it ends with a gunshot. Um. He says prayer is permitted in school, on school grounds, which is true and no one was arguing against. Mm -hmm. But then it says prayer is permitted at school-sponsored events, but a person may not be compelled to pray. And then adds in, the school day may begin with a prayer. So he went into this law. He crossed out the line that's no longer enforceable Mm -hmm. and then added it to a different part of his bill. Like, literally, the line he wants to add in says the school day may begin with a prayer. And then he also wants to make it so that prayer is allowed at school-sponsored events like assemblies and graduations, I guess. Uh And then just thinks he can get away with that because he adds in, but a person may not be compelled to pray. Which is a horrible thing because, uh, again, this is a thing we've talked about over and over a student cannot be expected to walk out of an administrator-led prayer, not at graduation, not a football player shouldn't have to refuse to participate in a mm-hmm. pregame prayer that's coach-led. Mm-hmm. I mean, the level of coercion for kids is obscene. No student should have to make a choice between lying about their beliefs or being ostracized just because adults get off on pushing Jesus on kids. And I have something to say about these kinds of things because I think we run into this argument frequently of, like, nobody was making them. And in which people who say things like that, I mean, nobody was, like, tying them to the seat and making them listen. And we see this all the time. They could have left. She could have left in domestic violence cases. I th- when I talk about being in, like intellectually, um, oh cripes, I forgot the word, um, intellectually honest. Think um, those are the things I am talking about. Of like, well, yeah, this eight year old kid 
could have stood up and left the assembly room in front of all of their peers and their superiors, even though somebody in authority was telling them to do that. And all we tell children to do is listen to authority. Yeah. Physically, he could have done that. A woman could physically leave a, an abusive relationship, but does she have a network? Does she have money? Does she have skills that can You're get her a job? You're asking them to do a lot more than just say no. Exactly. And so when we when people say shit like this, I want everybody's like, I want sirens to go off in everybody's heads. I'm like, nobody's obligated to do that. And we even, God, tracing back to this Australian thing, opt-in versus opt-out is a big fucking thing. It turns out if you make people opt into a thing... If you make them take one step, a lot of people are going to be like, not worth it. You not know, signing the paperwork. Here's the thing that I've learned about human beings in the last 37 years is we are astoundingly lazy. And if you put even the tiniest obstacle in front of us, we shall not do the thing. Some states have done this. I want to see more states do it, which is when it comes to organ donation, that should be opt-in for everybody. I'm sorry, you're right. Opt-out. Everyone should be an automatic organ donor unless you want to, when you go into the DMV to renew your license plate, then you can opt out if you want. But make them do the work. Oh, 100%. I just had to do the... um, the sign my parents like this is what happens when we die thing because apparently that's what happens when you're a grown a up. Yeah, but it's like the whole like this is what's going mm. on. This is what you do with our body. And I was like, neither of you want to be uh, <laughs> donated to science. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, no. And you know why? And I swear to fucking God, Hammett, this is true. It's because the they checked the organ donation thing. No problem. The uh, Donate Your Body Science is the next page, and they simply did not look. When I am talking about people are fucking lazy, this is the (laughs) shit I am talking about. They are, and I... Sure, I can help people, but I have to turn a page. Oh, that sounds terrible. I hate turning pages. (laughs) Um, I should say this Kemet's dude, he also added a line. uh, One of the ways he says... Where is he from? uh, Montana. No, I... Uh, I don't know where. I don't keep track. Montana is one place in one city. That's all that matters. Um, He also said in here that like kids during free reading time or if they have an assignment where they can read stuff, he says they can read, quote, the Bible or other religious material. He doesn't say they can read religious material, which, by the way, no one was saying they couldn't. But he very specifically says the Bible or, you know, other crap. Like, as if we didn't know this was about pushing Christianity as opposed like, to anything else. Dude, your whole ass is showing. Yeah. Have you seen a picture of this dude? Yes, I have. He. My favorite is watching video of him in subcommittee hearings because he just looks like he doesn't belong and he's a fish out of water. I've truly never seen somebody look less like they're from Montana, but... <laughs> Honestly, this is the kind of person, like, if I walked in and he was my professor, I'd be like, fuck yeah. But now that I know <laughs> who he is, yeah. I look at his dumb, stupid face and I'm like, oh my God, your tie and is embarrassing. as we've said repeatedly, only attractive people can file bills. That's true. That state is what I'm always saying, is that only attractive people can uh, talk to me. One so last... So leaves all the time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> One last story involving West Virginia lawmakers, because this is State Senator uh, Amy Grady, And she just filed a Senate bill. Uh, I can't believe we're still doing this, but it would add a clause to the state code permitting teachers to tell kids um, it would allow them to teach, quote, intelligent design as a theory of how the universe and or humanity came to exist. Sorry, what state is this? This is West Virginia. You know, the state known for the best quality education in the country. 
West Virginia gang. You know what's amazing? Y'all, you need to get your house in order before you do this shit. The bill doesn't even define intelligent design. Um, well, doesn't have to. Just like I'm just trying to shove God into the state constitution. Just to be clear, there have been <laughs> there have been judge rulings that said, no, it's creationism and you can't teach religion in school. Mm-hmm. Um, intelligent design, in case you were born like... <laughs> recently we don't know we don't Um, hear about this anymore it's it's been a while but it's basically saying well we don't know how life originated so god must have done it truly Um, like it's god of the gaps but sounding more scientific even though there's no science behind it i do feel like this is an important thing for like you know younger atheists little baby atheists learning their way in the world that like the entire 20th century was bound up in trying to make sure evolution was taught in schools and i am not sure that that legacy is lived on and like I, this is kind of a goof but it's true like fucking from inherit the wind down to onto, teach reality it's, it's we've gotten very dumb as a society is the point so I think the problem is like a lack of curiosity. That's why I'm, I'm just surprised. Like, why intelligent design is the thing? Like, imagine getting elected to the state senate, and your thing is, I want to make sure the kids in my state are as dumb as possible. Uh, but that's always, and been I want to the... give teachers permission to make Ugh. kids dumber. But that's what's always been confusing to me. Is like, okay, you're a state legislator, and you have this power, and let's get like, let's be honest with ourselves it's not like a state legislator has a ton of power but they have non-zero power and this is how you like you look around at your community Hemant if you looked around at your community what do you see that needs to be fixed oh oh there are many things none of them involved god none of them involved trying to shove from unhoused people all over the place to like earlier this how week. Is this what you're passionate? There's a Nebraska state senator. We talk about Megan Hunt a lot. Mm. She's awesome. There's another Nebraska state senator named Michaela Kavanaugh who basically said, if my conservative colleagues in this legislature want to file anti-trans bills, and this is the thing you want to, this is what you're wasting your time doing. It's what you're paying your capital on, right? She has the power, and she said she's going to filibuster and like do whatever it takes to stymie every single thing, other thing they want to do there. Cause she is not letting this one bill pass. And uh, I mean, I mean, that's the sort of thing where it's like, if you're in the state Senate in any state in this country or you're a elected official, I cannot imagine people are going to waste their time uh, trying to hurt as many kids as possible and like you would hope, you would hope that someone who gets elected, and there are a handful of these people in the country who are like, no, if you want to hurt kids, I will use every ounce of power I have earned here and stop you from doing that, even if I don't have the numbers to do anything proactive that I would like to do. But I will play defense and I will stop you from hurting people. That's the sort of heroism you want to see. Yeah. And you don't see it from that many people um, and I'm just I'm, like, I was looking up this Kometz guy in Montana when I was writing about this thing. And again, small uh, paper trail because he hasn't been in public life for that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look on his Facebook page, if you look elsewhere, like yeah, a lot of, of religious stuff, a, a conservative Christian through and through. 
But it's like, I cannot imagine that this guy does whatever he has to do to get the five votes you need in Montana to get elected to any sort of office. And then you Calm get down. in There's office. There's like almost a million people there. And then you get in office and you're like, what can I do here to make a difference? I'm going to pick on kids. I'm going to make sure uh, you have to say, you know, whatever religious thing I want you to say. Like of all the ways you think you can help your state. It's unbelievable. Does it matter? Okay, so I had this conversation with my therapist, uh, which is how all of... Oh, God, he's from, like, eastern Montana. Fuck that shit. Like, by Forsyth? No, thank you. I did look up how much he won by. It wasn't, like, a big race. Oh, I don't doubt it. There's probably 12 people who live in that town. I Um, make my... I rest my case. Yeah, but there's, like, 800,000 in Missoula, so it all balances out. He's not from Missoula. (laughs) No, no, no. Anyway... (laughs) Doesn't matter. This is a very like hypothetical question. Doesn't matter to you personally, Hemant, as a human being, speaking for yourself and mm-hmm. not anybody else. Does it matter to you if this motherfucker genuinely believes that allowing children to live their life as the gender they feel is abusive? Wait, that's not this guy's thing for this bill. Well, in general, so. Uh, but we're talking, but in talking general about, about conservatives who get elected. With the trans thing yeah. of like she's going to stand mm. in front of everything for for uh, to protect trans kids. Yeah. Does it matter to you personally? And this is like, if they I, genuinely I, think they're helping people yeah, by blocking like, trans does kids. Does it make a difference? Um, no, to because you. it means you're ignoring not just the people themselves mm. who are affected by this law. You're basically saying, you know, I have this belief that it's hurting you Mm. and all the people involved, the trans kids who are involved, their parents who are involved, the scientists who study this stuff and know about it. All of them, almost across the board, are saying, no, what you're doing is hurting people. And you're going there and saying, yeah, well, too bad. I don't care what any of you have to say. My pastor said this. My religion teaches me this. My heart tells me this. Yeah. And so, no, because you're literally saying, I'm writing a bill that's going to affect you. It doesn't affect me. It affects you. And I do not care what you have to say about it. What sort of elected person are you? Who are you trying to represent? So, no, it doesn't matter to me just because they feel like they're doing the right thing. Because if you're in elected office, like, listen, this is, I say this in my head. I don't know if I would do this. But if I were elected to any office of that level, Mm -hmm. like a state representative or something, I would try my best to set aside my personal beliefs about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And like, if I knew something was going to directly hurt other people, even if I personally thought that's a good idea, I'm not going to waste my time trying to do that because that's not what I'm elected to do. That's not what I think elected officials should be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, if you disagree about something or you think I'm wrong about it, that's a different issue, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going out of my way to say like, let's punish churches or something like that. Sure. Cause like, no, that's what I do in my free time. That's not what I do as an elected (laughs) official. But this guy is saying here, I'm getting elected to promote whatever my church teaches about this bullshit. And like, that's where I, I don't get it. If you want to run a little cult here where you're advancing your religious views, mm-hmm. go run a church. That's what they're there for. It's Montana. You will find plenty of places to do that. Go to any rural part of the anything you want to go to. Everything in Montana is rural. I mean, you'll be fine. Like, go start that. But why go to elected office yeah. when you don't know what you're doing, when you don't know who to talk to about this stuff before you try to file a bill like this like how many people do you have to ignore before you do anything like this is amazing 
God, I love getting him and amped oh. up. It takes so much to do, and I thought we had not. But There's I, a pastor who committed a crime, and I'm totally just oh, skipping just that story entirely because I want to rip on commits. Well, no, like this summer when Roe v. Wade got overturned, I may have talked about this when I happened, like in therapy, I was just talking about how fucking devastated I was, and she was sort of floating to me, like, does it help if these people, these people who've made these decisions mm-hmm. to overturn Roe v. Wade genuinely think they are doing the right thing to protect people. And truly, I've been sitting with that for however long it's been, six months, eight I don't months. know if it makes a difference for me. I don't know either. I'm, I, it's, obviously, I'm still because sitting with it. Had I, you, but is it better or worse than I want to punish mm. women, therefore I'm going to outlaw yeah. abortion? No, because... It, I don't care what they think about it. The, 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 the result is the same. So I don't care what their thought process is to get there. <sighs> yeah. And, but no, true. Like just sort of thinking out loud, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think if I thought somebody was genuinely trying to make the world a better place, maybe even if they did it wrong, maybe, but, but if obviously I thought they I were doing this in good faith, that maybe we'd have a different conversation, but, but I know it's not in good, good faith, faith because they're never talking to the people who know what they're talking about in yeah. these situations. This goes back to the Eric Adams things we talked about at the beginning. Mm. I'm sure he thought what he was saying was universal and sure. sensitive and whatever. It's like, dude, if you're the mayor of the city, you have access to all the people who know what they're doing in this regard. Yeah. You could get on the phone and get anyone you want and more to talk about this. And you're you did representing none of that. all of and those And you're representing people. everybody. A quarter of New York City is non-religious. You're mm. representing them too. Yeah. And to just get up there and think you are helping. And, and then doubling down even after everyone yeah. tells you you're not helping. And in New York, Why? we have recently seen like a Hasidic Jewish community that has been taking in government funds mm-hmm. and neglecting their students. So we know that like even... faith alone isn't going to solve our problems yeah. here. In New York City, it's made it worse. Time and time again. Um, oof. Okay. Good Do you want to talk about Scott Adams, the author of Dilbert at all? Yeah, he's a racist. I mean, he's always been a racist, right? We'll save that for the bonus. Okay. <laughs> um... Speaking of which, I have my bonus topics. I've been writing. I have them. one too. Really? I Did read you watch a, a book. movie? <gasps> I know. It's been years. Uh book. Have I talked about uh the book Spook by Mary Roach? No. Okay, then I'm gonna talk about that today. All right, let me give you my topics for um bonus episodes. Um I had my niece and nephew who are almost three and almost one over the weekend, and we went over to the Fox Valley Mall. Guess what? It's pretty dope over there. Mm-hmm. Uh that's one thing. I did a break week ride with some friends and rode with Dottie in the arena for the first time. I would love to tell you how that went. Oh, bet actually this isn't a bonus thing. I'm so sorry to be the bearer of bad news. I know everybody was really excited about the two horses that I was looking at last week. Unfortunately, Grace the paint that everybody was like super stoked on because she's flashy looking. Unfortunately, she had a couple too many um, issues, so we ended up not taking her after a vet check, but Scotty is coming home with us, and don't worry, Thursday night uh, after I talked to y'all, I couldn't fall asleep because I was so excited about Scotty, and apparently I'm six years old. Anyway, that was that thing about And we'll Grace. talk about Dilbert. And Dilbert. Uh, I want to talk about Glass Onion Watch Along. There's a director's commentary 
Um, and then the book, oh, yeah, a little more about last podcast on the left, the Miscavige thing. And then I want to talk about the book Spook by Mary Roach. All right. Oh, well, and I have a, sorry, one more oh thing. Oh my God. You have four minutes to get through the entire bonus episode. Oh my God. Okay. It j- all I want to say is, um, I was the whitest person in the universe and made my black friend laugh for like 25 minutes. Jess is white. Got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> You can reach us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast to support this show. You can always email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com with your complaints about me personally. Yay. Is that it? That's it. Okay, we'll, we'll see, see you in the bonus time. episode. Bye. Bye.